Welcome to Changing the Sales Game podcast on webtalkradio.net. I'm your host, Connie Whitman. Thanks for tuning in today. You know, as we are on this journey together of changing that horrible word sales of something that's icky and sleazy and this manipulation that goes on, we're throwing it to the curb. We're changing your mindset and sales we know should be coming from a place of love, care and respect. And that's when you know you really are doing it right. And that allows you to grow your business freaking exponentially. So to help you on that mindset shift, of course, I have my gift for you, my free communication style assessment. Go to WhitmanAssos.com slash CSA. It's in the show notes for you to find. Get your report. Know your natural superpower as you communicate and, and shows you how you show up in the prospect or the client's eye. Also, you will get a low report, which is the communication style least like you probably kind of important to know that. So again, WhitmanAssos.com slash CSA. Now my quote today is by uh, Maya Angelou and Maya says, nothing will work unless you do. So, you know, being in sales for 39 years and I kind of gulp every time I say that, but I'm able to decode and see trends and habits and other behaviors that honestly most salespeople and sales leaders don't see um, because I've been doing this for 39 years, right? So I get really excited when I have amazing conversations um, that I get to have on this podcast with other thought leaders who see the unseen in sales and in leadership. Now, whether you realize this or not, right, everybody um, is selling something as part of your job, right? You're either selling your boss on why you should get promoted or you're selling your product or service um, as a business owner, but sales isn't your isn't all you do, right? You're a business owner. And then the other one is what usually happens is that when someone is really, really good at sales or their, their numbers are, are high, guess what? They get promoted. And that's really not always the smart choice. So of course, my thought leader, amazing friend and brilliant guest uh, on for the second show is Rebecca Gebhardt. Now, uh, Rebecca is a best-selling author of Beyond the Board, How to Achieve Your Vision Board Goals in a Fulfilling and Sustainable Way. Former top percent one sales and sales team leader at Globe Life, Family Heritage Division, and also at Southwestern, Rebecca now helps ease the transition from sales to sales leadership. She is truly an expert. She is brilliant, and I want you to help me welcome Rebecca to the show. So thanks for being on, kiddo. Thanks for having me back. It's super fun to be here again. Yeah, I know. And we, you know, everybody's like, oh, they both do sales. We do very, very different things in sales. And that's why I get excited when I get to have my my partners, a power partner like Rebecca on, where we, we play in the same sandbox, but our perspective and approach and the results we can achieve are coming from very different vantage points. So holy moly, for me, that's where we get get to see that unseen. And Rebecca is the, the girl for me um, to do that. So first question, Rebecca, there's no greater indicator to someone's success, right, than their direct manager. Now, in what ways do you feel that sales leaders maybe could be more effective at helping their salespeople and teams just do a better job? Yeah, um, that the stat you just read, like no one has a greater, there's no greater indicator to someone's success than their manager. That was from Gallup. That was a Gallup 
poll that was a, a research they did, I think it was 1974, with over 84,000 people around the world. And they looked at all of these factors. And um, it was the, the direct manager. And how that correlates in sales. So it's different, right? But this is a sales leadership podcast. Yep. Um, and sales, there's so many factors within sales leadership on how to be a better boss. But um, sales leaders are constantly pressed for time. It's t- time management's the number one struggle. It's like there's too many problems and not enough time to to handle them. And I think it's um, about slowing down to speed up and being present with every person on your team um, and really getting into their deal. Now, I, um, I just... Uh, was having an email exchange with a a second level leader. So not a frontline leader, but a second level leader. And she said she had 50 people on her team. And she said, I don't directly manage all of them. And I said, well, thank goodness, because there's no way you're ever going to be able to be an effective coach with that many people, you know? Um, So um, it's, it's really about who affects the sales. It's the sales people, but there's a stat, it's like 57% of people achieve quota, but it's because they're not mentored properly by their direct manager. So if we look at these, I always say these are some of the, the worst kept secrets in the sales world about the, the ramifications of leadership. And I, we, we see these stats and we see them all over the place. And this is the problem. There's so much information. How do we make sense about yeah. it all? How do we streamline? How do we know? How do corporations know where to invest? It's like, it's so confusing. Um, but we take all these pieces and you go, okay, if I take these hints and the data and what people are saying, you can actually have frontline leaders be so much more effective and be better better mentors. And so to answer your question on how to be effective leaders, I think the, simplest, the simple answer is having regular communication with your team because regular communication leads to better trust right better trust leads to higher engagement higher engagement leads to lower turnover and more sales it leads to seeing um not just being reactive as a sales leader of tell me about your week here's all my problems you know and the sales leader goes here's how you can it's very reactive so regular communication really helps that sales leader say oh i i see some orange red flags coming up here and they don't see it yet but i'm i know my team i'm really so i think at the end of the day a really simple there's a lot of components that go into that but it's it's regular communication you know and yeah agree like a bazillion percent right now okay so it's funny and i know this happens to you too when we're talking to clients working with clients right i i just had a client call a new client uh, been talking to them for about two years. Um, they had other things that they needed to do, finally ready, right, to do the sales with their teams. And it happens to be a bank. So as we were talking, and so they said, we talked through what where their people are, what the objective is, what's the end result, so we know what the gap is. And then we could get in and create, what are those habits? How do we, what's the client journey? And then what are the skills to be able to deliver that client journey, right? That's my job. So as we we're talking, I said, here's another piece. You need to have a coaching. 
I have to teach it. You have to teach it. Somebody's got to hold your management team accountable because they're going to learn all this great skill. But if no one is circling back to observe and say, oh, you're getting really good at this, this, and this. I see you struggling with the telephone. I see you struggling with doing your data research on the client to even know what to potentially have a conversation with, right? Um, you can clearly see after you've been through the training, where are they missing that, that key piece? It's coaching. It's, and coaching is exactly what you just said every day. So exactly. But if you're never observing because you're putting out fires and you're running around, the sky is falling. The sky is falling. You're never observing your people. How can you have a potentially vital conversation that's going to help that person with the skill they need development or tweaking on or maybe just a little reinforcement or encouragement on for them to make 10 more sales, right? It could be as simple as that. But if we're running around reacting, we're not observing. How do you know how to head that issue off at the pass, right, before it happens? Yeah, and it's um, it's so fun. I'm having a flashback to when I was a sales leader at my old insurance company, and I would look around, and some of the very best leaders they were very reactionary, and I I just went if so it felt I felt like I was, and this is the so salespeople are very positive. We're always oh. looking towards the next thing, absolutely, and we're told. I mean, I was told like what's what's good, great, and wonderful about this. If you were thinking about something negative, it meant you were negative. And it's not being negative looking at possible threats, right? That's actually really smart, and that's a sales leader's job. So when you go from the sales leaderboard to leadership, it's a it's a, it's a shift in thinking of um, how can I, I see this problem, can we just address this now instead of making it, I just remember that, I'm just having a huge flashback as you were talking, I was like, this is a, was a huge frustration for me. And, and so that's why I started developing systems and like, I don't care if this is negative for me to be thinking this, I see a problem and I think we should address it before it gets big. But Connie, back to what you were just saying with, it takes a lot, like it's a lot for leadership to implement a new training system. And it's, it's such a responsibility. And um, you and I alluded to this, uh, I think in April when our, our first podcast went live, I was talking about the biggest problems for sales leaders because I conducted this survey of 150 sales leaders of what are the biggest problems. So time management was number one, but feedback and accountability were number two. And I have so many conversations with uh, sales executives who are trying to um, strengthen their sales leadership bench. I'm like, you have programmed them to not take you seriously because you don't follow up, right? It's like, let me give this motivational speech. Let me give this, you got it. I, I think compliments are lazy sales leadership. Like we need to do them, but I think it's lazy. Um, so that's where this constant communication comes back because then you're holding them accountable. and. That's a whole other conversation we could have about like, you're not micromanaging. There's all these like, I don't wanna be the person, I don't wanna be their mom. It's like, well, 
you're being paid to lead and manage. You have to do both. You have to provide accountability and feedback. So the easiest way to do that is to have consistent communication with your direct reports. It was interesting. I remember, gosh, when I first started, this is 20 years ago, guys. So I'm really dating myself when I started my business. And one of my clients, we, we were in about a year and we were doing the training and the coaching and I was running the business development meetings because they really had no culture. They didn't know what to do. I was teaching the leadership. And I remember after the first year, I said, okay, now we're going to raise the bar the second year, right? They had invited me back, which was wonderful. And I said, now let's put in real accountability measures. They've been reporting to me the business development, which is wonderful. And they would come and say, I really want to please you. They wanted to please me. I'm like, don't please me. You have to please your organization, your team, you, right? For you, for your client, not about me, right? Stop thinking about me. And I, and when I said to the boss, the head person of the division, I said, there has to be accountability measures so that someone is following up when they have a call. How did it go? Do you need more resources? Do you need me to come out with you? Is there something we need to do internally to help support that client with whatever's going on? And he said to me, oh, we can't hold people accountable. My head almost blew off. What do you mean you can't hold people accountable? He goes, well, then they're going to think we're going to fire them. I said, well, then you're having the wrong conversation. <laughs> what? So this is the other thing, the perception of accountability. You, you said it. Micromanaging. They're going to get fired. You're not bullying them and beating them up. That's not, to, that's not accountability to me. It's just following up after you know they have an important call. How'd it go? Do you need me? Do you need me to intervene? What did the client say? Um, do we need to get more data for that? Whatever, right? Whatever the situation is versus uh, they're going to get in trouble. I'm going to micromanage them. Perception. And I think that's what you're talking about as well with the survey. A brilliant survey, by the way, Rebecca. I loved talking about that. Go back and listen to that show. Thank you. <laughs> crazy, crazy. All yeah, right. Go ahead. No, I say it's really, it's interesting when you look at the little pieces, um, the subconscious pieces of leadership where we get in our own way of, you know, accountability. Sure. I had um, spoken to, so if sales leaders are listening to this, they go, well, how do I do that, Rebecca? Like, how do I keep my people accountable without feeling like I'm micromanaging? I had, there was a sales manager at Heartland Payment Systems who, him and I were doing some uh, clubhouse stuff and he's, he's really brilliant. He said, uh, which I thought was so simple, but this is right. The most brilliant things are really simple. And he said, uh, when I have my weekly reviews and the quarterly reviews, he goes, I have my team's numbers, but I don't bring them. They bring me their numbers. Absolutely. And I was like, oh yeah, duh. So that's like part of my programs now of like how I teach people because it's so different. Like people know where they're wrong and they know where they failed. You don't need to like beat them up beat them up, but you do need to acknowledge reality for what it is. We, we are right. We need to acknowledge because it's progress and coaching and sales leadership is where are you and where do you need to go? Absolutely. And, um, either I'm motivating you towards this or we're we're motivating you away from the complacency level from like not achieving quota, whatever that is. But that's a really simple way. So if sales leaders are listening to this, they go, well, my man, I mean, you need to have their numbers in front of you as well, but they talk about what they've done. 
not you as the leader. Yeah. Self-assessing, kind of important because if they don't know that they, listen, I know what I, I need to work on. Rebecca, you know. So when people say, hey, come, what are you working on now? And I'm like, oh, I went to a, a website, a webinar, and the, and oh, I'm not doing that. So I have, I took the class, right? I have an, uh, a class in the evening. The person offering it is in the West Coast mindset class. It's from eight to 9 PM Eastern time people once a week for eight weeks. I'm doing it. I know I needed to eliminate judgment of myself, right? Sabotaging myself. We don't have all the answers. So you know, you know where you're glitching out. You know where you need a little bit of help. So it's not, it's, it's not saying, Oh, I'm weak. Cause I hate that word weak. It's saying, Oh, this is the next thing I need to evaluate or work on or develop, right? It's about a developmental opportunity, not a weakness. So again, it goes back to perspective, right? It's all about that perspective. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I, I, amen, sister, right? All right. So being a great sales leader, honestly, in today's day and age is truly a competitive advantage, right? So, and, and I know, and I think Gallup just a few years ago, people are leaving businesses or organizations. And the number one reason was because they had bad bosses. So like 70% of people leave or are unhappy in their job, which is kind of sad, but they leave their job and it's because of a bad boss, right? So how can organizations promote how great their sales leaders are to attract just that better, attract a better talent, but also retain it too? Because it's, it's costly otherwise. It's really costly. Yeah. And I'm so glad you brought that up because I, um, I, I read that article too, and I'm a big, I'm a big like Harvard Business Review and Gallup. Like I'm a, I'm a junkie. I am obsessed with all this stuff. Yep. They do all of the data that makes your and my jobs actually much easier and like simpler to communicate the need for it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we, we've known there's no greater indicator to someone's success than their direct manager and people don't leave companies. They leave leaders. Yep. And right now, um, it's, it's a lot of it's burnout, right? So it's, and it's going to be burnout because people don't know how to manage their energy, which is a passion of mine to help people kind of go all in without burning out. Yeah. But the other side is they're leaving because of bad bosses or their perception of a bad boss. And, um, in sales, we are never going to get to zero turnover. That's just not sales is, um, is always going to be a high turnover. I don't think we have to agree with the status quo that VPs of sales are averaging 18 months tenure or like the average rep is like a year and a half. I think that status quo is, is awful. Um, and people will stay longer, um, if they have a, a better boss or the boss is, is, you know, we just, we just talked about that. But in regards to that, if you're leaving a bad boss, you're looking for a good boss. Yeah. And the old fashioned way. So this is, I love keeping up with trends and recruiting. I, I partly have to, because recruiting is part of a, a sales leader's job. And that's part True. of the, the part of the, what I, I teach sales leaders, but you have to stay on top of the trends and what people really want and the um, the actual cost to a bad sales leader it negates all of the other benefits that a company offers so the millions of dollars a year companies spend on health insurance and the ping pong table <laughs> and like all of these perks all of the things the company car like all of this stuff it a bad boss 
cost them financially more than that. Yeah. So if you want to, the question was about promoting, but I'm trying to like, it's, it's so important. So if you can train your leaders and those leaders are attracting better talent, um, right. you can promote them and, and companies are missing this. And I, um, Sales and marketing now are so intertwined. Like there was no chief revenue officer of both of them years ago. It was right. It was chief sales, uh, you know, officer and, and chief marketing officer. Um, but I, there was an old owner of this old company I used to work for, and he was notorious for saying that marketing is for bad salespeople. Like you only need to market if you're not a good enough salesperson, which is so old school, right? Like so old school. He was really old. He was really old. <laughs> and um, and now you'd go what like you made a face I, I don't know if people can see your face or how this screen is recording if they can see both of us but Connie's face was just hilarious right now of like mortified um, but companies need to promote their great leaders and they should be doing so so in the company blog post that companies they should be highlighting the not just sales leaders but the leaders at their organization who are helping their people win, who are creating the circumstances to make them win. That should be broadcast on LinkedIn and on Twitter. That should be part of, um, depending on how large, their marketing materials and their email campaigns, that should definitely be part of that. Um, they should be definitely bragging about their leadership, but you can only brag about your leadership if you're training your leadership. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. There's got to be the depth. And here's the thing. When you when you develop these great leaders, number one, they're coaching and mentoring and developing their sales team. But then when they do go out with whatever that turnover is, and that's an appalling turnover, I agree 100%. And to accept that as status quo, like, really, guys, come on, we could do better than this is my, my thought. But mm -hmm. if I'm a really good leader, sales leader, um, now not only am I training my team to excel and be better and make more money in all of those pieces of the puzzle, which let's, by the way, we all want to make more money, right? The organization, the individual and the team. But now I know who I'm looking for to become part of my team, who I know is going to excel because I'm, I know what qualities and, and not just what were your sales numbers at your last organization? Look at the individual. What are their skills, behavioral skills, right? Interpersonal skills, communication skills. What habits do they have, right? All of, are they, do they have that positive attitude? Are they showy? Uh, but you could feel there's no depth. You get better at that analysis and assessment. So you're bringing the right people into the organization. So by the way, we get less turnover and we could start to affect that, that ridiculous stat, you know, of 18 months and they're gone. I mean, it's crazy. It's just crazy. So yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we discuss a lot of it. It's like the culture and the values that yeah. used to be very fluffy and people are like, uh, but I, I say that like if you have different values than someone on your team, it feels like they have no values. Yeah. You feel like they're like, you know, um, it's, it's really a challenging thing to do. And, but if, so within the sales leadership of like, I think candidates should be asking about their boss Agreed. more than they're asking about um, the the comp structure and um, and especially now this is something that trends like boomers are different than yeah. than Gen X um, um, and the millennials and Gen Z and 
alpha who are coming up. I think my kids are the, we had to start over at the beginning of the alphabet. But what millennials and high performers, like even the data behind that is they want to be developed at work and they want to make sure, so, and, and your your boss is responsible for that. So, and, and, and in sales, like you're not going to be able to retain top talent if you can't attract top Absolutely. talent. Absolutely. And that's part of it is broadcasting the values of the um, the the business, the sales uh, leaders and just leaders in general. Having leaders get out into, you know, a different networking events around the city. So um, I'm in Minneapolis. We had a Twin City Startup Week and there was several executives from several startups. And I said, it's so great that they are here because how they are acting and how they you are a broadcast for your company and i and i think that if we remember that like it's there's a lot of focus on a personal branding but making sure your leaders are equipped to be billboards for your organization and someone sees them and goes i don't know if i'm ever going to work there but if i ever do i want to work with that man or that woman and it's that's pretty important too yeah and you and i were just on a networking event and we were talking about in the event was about values right so i i walked away from business because philosophically from a values perspective they didn't they didn't resonate with me so how can i with integrity get in front of their employees and say hey your organization is so great it resonates with me and i'm not saying my way is the right way every that guys, that's not what I'm saying at all. But if that person or that organization from a value standpoint is off for me, I'm not going to do the job that they deserve. And so I, I have to walk away from that vi- business. So I'm being true to myself. I'm being in integrity, all of those things, which are important values for me. So it's the same thing that you just described. If that, that leader is out there exemplifying who he is or who she is, and you're attracting the right people people with the same values, work, work ethic, all of those pieces, the caring for me, right? Rebecca knows that she's heard it a million times. If you're not selling from that place of love, care and respect, stop. You don't like you're just doing it wrong. Everybody knows that's my value, right? So I would never be attracted to someone who's saying, always be closing, you know, always be closing, make sure that you, you know, you don't, you don't take no, unless you get it three times. All of that is ridiculous to me. So that's the value piece. And then we retain and attract the right people people, which is, is a beautiful thing. And it's the thing is, Rebecca, too, what you do when you go in and you help these organizations build those systems and objectives and know, teach them what to look at, both internally from an assessment standpoint, like the survey we talked about in April, but also wh- where that can go, right? That arc of growth and where, where that's about. You simplify that whole process. So everybody's like, what? This is too hard. No, it's not. Rebecca makes it super, super simple and easy to understand, but also you're doing that assessment first, clear what your values are, and then you know where you want to go, right? What that little, those little shifts. And that's really what we're talking about are little shifts. What do you, Rebecca, what are the biggest areas for leaders to focus on that, you know, it's always about the money and the revenue, right? To have an immediate impact on revenue increases. And again, those turnover uh, decreases are the specific things just so we can help people kind of start somewhere maybe. Yep, absolutely. Yep. So there's um, a lot of data behind this. And uh, this is really funny. I just had this. I, I unleashed all of my data. You're my data <laughs> girl. class a few weeks ago. But um, so absolutely. So if you look at 
um, engagement levels and what impacts engagement. And if people are engaged, they will stay with the business. Hmm. But one of the biggest things is trust. And only, I don't know, I don't know where the stat is from, um, but I know that it's 18%. So 18, that's it, 18% of people trust their leader. And it's, um, and if you, you don't trust your leader, you don't buy in to the vision that they're selling. You don't buy into their execution plan, right, of, of how to, uh, to obtain that objective. But trust is a huge one that um, will impact turnover. Um, training is another one. And in sales, it's, it's just really frustrating to me. Um, we, because the status quo is people just churn, we churn and burn salespeople. Um, we churn and burn sales leaders in the same way. And the organizations that were on, that are on like the, the best companies to work for, they offer twice the training hours mm-hmm. of other organizations. And so if you're looking at, and it takes, it's a lot of investment for, for organizations to pull especially salespeople out of the field or away from their income producing activities and to train them, it seems like, is this gonna be worth it if they're gonna leave? Well, they're gonna leave if they're not trained. That's right. They're gonna leave. Um, 80, 85% of millennials will leave a job if they're not getting personal and professional development and 90% of all high performers will leave if they're not giving training and opportunities for growth. So hmm. it's not about how expensive do we not have time? Like you have to slow down and train people um, or they're gonna leave or they're gonna fail and they're gonna self-select themselves out because they're not achieving quota or their sales leader didn't achieve their their number. And with the training, the, the whole reason that I, 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 I niched with emerging sales leaders was um, this Harvard Business Review study that I read about in, um, Everyone Deserves a Great Manager by Scott Miller. It was true for the Franklin Covey Institute. Oh, I but, love Scott. He's been on my yeah, show. Know, he's yeah, brilliant. He's a great podcast, too. I, I always listen to. Um, and um, But the stat was at the average age someone receives their first leadership training is age 30. And the <laughs> average, the average uh, leadership development is done at age 42. So the status quo is just, okay, a decade of trial and error. And, and my survey... Um, 80% of sales leaders got zero training once they got promoted. It was like, you have the title. Well, you're supposed to know that. But what am I supposed to know? I know what I'm supposed to achieve, but what am I supposed to know? So um, so training has a direct impact of a leadership skill for the leader to be trained and a leadership skill for the sales leader or just leader in general to train their, um, their team. Absolutely. We talk about feedback. Feedback's another one. So feedback directly correlates to um, turnover. And um, again, we're gonna have turnover, but if you can keep people longer, you benefit from what's in their brain and what they know and their learning curves. You get more value per person when they're there longer. but the numbers on um, feedback, it was it was from Fox, it was like 69% of people said they would do more if they were being acknowledged for their work. Yes, the attaboys. Yep, yep, totally. And so it's, um, and you and I talked about this in the first one where you like brought this million dollar deal and you weren't recognized. It was like, what can you do more of? And there, there is a there is a line but feedback isn't just what are you doing wrong. Feedback is acknowledging what people are doing right. So, um, 
and I, so those are just a few. And I, I spent a lot of time, Connie. I don't want, I could go, I could talk about this forever. <laughs> I guess what, I, what I believe about um, leadership and my programs with my, with my corporate clients is all of the sales leadership skills are not just fluffy things that sound good. They, the data behind the effectiveness of leaders Absolutely. being able to do them has a direct correlation on leaders' confidence, on their um, ability to bring in revenue, and their ability to decrease turnover and increase engagement. But those are just a few, um, and I probably could go through more. But but it's it's important. So so someone's listening to this and saying like, okay. All right, I haven't had an accountability conversation with someone. I haven't given feedback on what they're doing well. Um, or I haven't had a conversation with my top performer, energy management's another one, energy and time management, helping people figure out. Yes. I was on the phone this morning with a woman who works at a Fortune 100 company, and she's she works on their largest accounts. We're talking like she's selling to big organizations, and she is the best but she can't achieve her goal unless she works 60 hours a week. And the, um, and this is like, when I hear people like top performers are the ones that are at risk of burning out, not, not the people barely moving. Like they're, you know, it's the people who can't stop. They don't want to stop. They love their job. And it's a leader's responsibility to create the circumstances for people to win, not just winning right now and winning for like the quarter or winning for the year. It's, creating the circumstances yeah. to have to sustainably yeah. keep that up. Yeah, yeah. And we kill, you know, and, and you and I think we've talked about this. I remember when, you know, many years ago before I started my business, uh, I had a territory and I was doing uh, investments for, for a bank and I was the investment representative. And I'm competitive, so I always have to be number one, right? So I was always top leaderboard, top leaderboard, top leaderboard, right? That's just me. Plus, I'm honest, so people resonated with me, and I got a lot of referrals because I'm I'm just a nice person, right? So all of those pieces of the puzzle, and I'm I'm intelligent that I'm good at educating, so people were making good decisions. So top leaderboard, top of leaderboard, and they had a man who was struggling so badly. They took all of my good branches, my the best of my territory and gave it to him and left me with all of when I tell you the smallest branches they didn't have a big footprint um, which they were part of my people but they weren't they weren't bringing in the business they didn't have the size right or the capacity to bring in the business so I logically I did a spreadsheet and said if you can make this a little bit more fair right split it up you know I'm going to go and kick butt because you know me. I work I work like a dog because I want to be number one, right? This this was known. Connie works hard. And, he, and I did a spreadsheet and I showed him, can you just give me these two branches back, you know? And then he has an opportunity. You could groom him. But you know, man, I'll, I'll be kicking butt for you. And he told me, figure it out. Go back and figure it out. Um, we're not changing the territory. Deal with it. Very condescending. Came home, he said to my husband, and it's time for me to leave. And then we ended up, I, I ended up going to another vision within the organization. But as soon as that was disrespected to me, I thought, now I'm a high performer. You're taking advantage of me. You want me to even work more hours than I was working. You, you're burning me out because you knew I'd show up and work hard. And I thought, no, not on my watch. Uh, self that's the self-respect piece. They were disrespectful.
disrespectful of me, my time. It said, figure it out. It's unacceptable. The value shifted. My manager ended up being a, that he was a new manager jerk, right? And I ended up leaving the division. So here they had this great producer and they let me go to another division where, oh, by the way, I became a great producer there in the trust department. It, this is what we do. We, we, you have to evaluate and be mindful of your high performers and feed them and give them what they need in the soul level because they're still going to show up and work hard for you. What do they need so they don't burn out like the young lady you were talking about that you spoke, spoke about this morning? So, you know, it's, here's, guys, here's the, here's the bottom line that Rebecca and I are talking about. These are easy fixes, man. It's, it's not like we're doing brain surgery here. The thing is, pause. What can I do better? And I think I need Rebecca and Connie's help, right? And by the way, we are the dynamic duo. Just just throwing that out there, right, Rebecca? <laughs> so listen, please email. I know you have questions. She is the data queen, man. She could give you amazing data that you can then go and evaluate within your own organization to truly see where you fall. She has a survey that's on her website. But email her, you know, if you have specific question, which is risewithrebecca at gmail.com. And then, again, go to her website, which is risewithrebecca.com. And the survey's on there, right, Rebecca, that they could yeah, take? That, yeah, they'll be, they can, um, yeah, there'll be a little pop-up that they can get access to it um, as soon as they, um, yeah. Cool. And then that, again, start to analyze and then look at where you fall with the stats. And then Re- Rebecca has an amazing program and or conversation with her um, because it might, honestly, you might, your, your stats might end up being pretty good and you might just have to tweak a little thing. And Rebecca is just such a great resource. And you know what, guys, she's the real deal. She knows her stuff. She is one of my friends, good friends. And everybody that knows me, I don't let people into my inner circle um, easily. Once you're in my orbit, and I choose you, you're kind of stuck with me, Rebecca, Rebecca. but um, really, really, she is a thought leader out there that I admire, and um, just just reach out to her uh, with questions at risewithrebecca at gmail, even if you just start there uh, before you even go to the website. Um, Rebecca, thanks so much. Gosh, you know, like we could, we should do like a three day event or something because there's just so much data. There's so much little tips and ideas and strategies that really can be easily implemented, especially with people with a smaller team. Um, you can move the needle so much faster because you just have, you know, that, that smaller group of folks that you're trying to, um, encourage and teach and grow, right? That's what we're talking about. So thank Mm -hmm. you for being on my friend. Just always a pleasure to hang out and see you. I've had so much fun, and I think this is um, such a great platform that you have for people to, because again, there's so much information out there, and I think that sales leaders who listen to your podcast, and I listen to all of your podcasts. Thank like I, you. <laughs> I listen to all of them, and they're so good, and they're different angles, but it really helps, um, and it's such a service. So thank you for for having this platform. I, I know you have your other podcast as well, but it's um, it's a great resource. Thank for you. Yeah, it, for business in general, it's I have really really brilliant people come on and I'm I'm truly honored that you people like you are willing to come on and share such great content and I'm honored that my listenership grows and I think I'm in 30 countries now and I'm truly honored every time I see those stats and numbers go up because I know that there's value added and that makes me feel good because that's really why I do this right the podcast is fun but 
I, I really, I'm here to help people. I know you are the same way. So again, thank you so much for being one of my main peeps in the world and uh, for just doing your magic out, needed magic out there. So thank, thank you again. And everyone listening, I, I really do hope that you tune in weekly, um, that we get the opportunity to kind of just explore and discover with curiosity, right, what might work for you what might work for your team um and and hopefully that we do provide that service for you and and provide that great content and even if you do nothing but think about it or observe your team from a different perspective where we did our job that's where where the magic lies for me i truly wish you all a wonderful week full of filled with inspiration and just take one of the thoughts or concepts that we we rebecca and i discussed today and see what you can implement keep it simple simple works guys um, but really try to make something simple or a simple change in your group and watch the magic and the opportunity and growth happen it's really cool to see so thanks for joining us i am honored to have you on this journey with me and I'll see you I'll see you next week thanks again be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode and while you're at it please leave a rating and review and share it with your friends tune in every week for more exciting insights and strategies on increasing your business's ROI and always remember lead with heart and your sales will follow